You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. <sighs> Standing surround, still sounded good. Yes. Jesus juice. You know it's good. Yea, though the, thy oh. enemies surround me about, yet I will not drink coffee. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's in the Maccabees somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> You're a Maccabee, all right. A big Maccabee. <laughs> I think, I think that was Bell and the Dragon, actually. <laughs> Something like that. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. We've had a great week with uh, Brother Layman. He's here. He's ready to go. He's fired up. And today, the rest of the story, the conclusion of the Layman legacy. And uh, I want to say, uh, we probably, we, one day, we need to get Melissa on here. Absolutely. She'd love it. Oh, man. Um, she has fallen in love with my wife, my wife with her, and uh, they're going to be uh, good friends, good friends. And uh, Ruthie was just saying last night how much she loved and appreciated her. She just, she's open. She's honest. Um, there's very little. And then we don't want her on Tim That's true, yeah. <laughs> She'd never fit in here. <laughs> we wouldn't know how to handle that. <laughs> we just have preachers. <laughs> well, actually, her... Like Saul and Paul. Yes. It was Missy, and now it's Olivia. Olivia. So, Change yeah. her name to yeah. Olivia. She wants to be known as Olivia. Um, why, we're not quite sure. But uh, <laughs> She loves the sound she of loves it. Olivia. It's a, well, it's I a like nice to name. be known as Wilt the Stilt, too, but that doesn't always happen. work. I can help it. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I can't think of anything fast enough. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we'll go back to the tall guy now. Yeah, the tall, good-looking, bald-headed man. <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me jump forward a little bit. We're in ministry now. Okay. Right, I'm a pastor, and I'm an assistant pastor at a church that started in 2007. Serving God, loving God. Um, my wife is teaching in the school. I'm now the principal, so I'm her boss and her husband. That was that are, you, are you still angry? Very much so. Oh. That's the that, that's the one thing God still has to break me of. Being in a principal, I can understand it. Exactly. Yes. It's. Yeah, I'm just going to stop there. Yeah. yeah, but no, there is still that one thing God's got to break me of. Okay. And that is my anger. And he does so in a way that I, I still, without him, it, I, I wouldn't have made it. Amen. But we are, we're married, and like a lot of good Baptist pastors, we're having lots of kids. No more is it this two or three. Oh, no, we're going to six. <laughs> and and life, life is okay. But our oldest daughter, Skylar, is... An amazing girl. I love her. She's an adult now, but she also had a rebel streak mm-hmm. and struggling with with life mm-hmm. and with listening to us and with the rules mm-hmm. that come with Christianity. Mm-hmm. And she wants her freedom, uh, though the truth is what sets us free. And there's yes. true liberty and freedom in Christ. Like, unfortunately, a lot of people like me uh, yes. put it back on me. Yeah. I thought it was outside of Christ that I could find that freedom. And she allowed some things within her life that we had to make a hard and fast decision on as parents. We had 
her plus five others and ended up and I, I, I I'm not here to a- ask what if questions because I can't right. and to dwell right. on the past and to say we blew it or whatever doesn't help us. Um, but we made the decision we needed to put her into a boarding school. And it was a loving boarding school. It was not one of those evil, oh my, boarding schools. I looked to avoid those at all costs. And she did grow in Christ there. Mm -hmm. Um, But that broke me Mm. because I realized I'm a very angry person. And my daughter is now suffering the consequences for my actions. And I'm in ministry, but... You look at the qualifications of 1 Timothy 3 and you're going through, he's got to be able to control his own household. And I'm paraphrasing it, but I wasn't doing that. Though I was, I had a rebel. And so now I'm having a crisis of life moment. Am I in the wrong field? Do I need to resign from being a pastor, never to enter into it again? What do I do? And my pastor lovingly came alongside of me and said, Josh, this is not you. This is your daughter, your other children are not the same. And he helped me through it. But in that interim, I met a man, Dr. Terry Coomer with Hope Biblical Counseling. Amen. And through him, I found out how to have a real relationship with Christ. Amen. God used him in my life and he broke me. And sobbing, I wrote a four-page letter to Skyler apologizing profusely for how I raised her and not the Christ stuff, but that it lacked compassion, it lacked mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. All those pastors that I hated, I was now mm. because I was focused on them instead of focused on Christ mm. and broke me. That was what God needed. Before I could become the pastor of Mount Vernon Baptist Temple, before I could have a, a to be able to have a church of my own that I could use for God as an under shepherd. He had to break me of that that anger and and that wrath and that righteous indignation. Then you'll never find those terms in the Bible put together. But it's what we had. And he did. He finally broke me of it. And I learned to have a real relationship with Christ and it changed me completely. And though it was a journey and still is, uh, it changed me. And so Skylar went to a boarding school for about 18 months and it was good. She was there and she grew in the Lord very much so. Mm. And she learned as well how to have a real relationship with mm. Christ um, and and came back on fire for the Lord and, and some things. And though she's drifted again, um, I don't doubt the sincerity that was there when she was there. Amen. And that's another story. That's another part of our sure. book. And I'm not going to go into all that because I love my daughter and she's amazing. Amen. But that was what had to break. And now... Today, life is different because, and you asked earlier, I guess I'll back up, um, you know, what would I tell a teenager who thinks I can do what I want yes. and come back to Christ? I'm able to give you that wisdom today of don't be an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, but focus on Christ because that's what I had to learn uh, was focus on Christ, not people, uh, not problems, but Christ. And look at Jesus through the problems because every situation in our lives leads us or drives us away from Christ. God wants every single situation in our lives to bring us closer to him. He has a purpose for it. He has a reason for it. 
And that reason is to move you closer to him so that you can move other people closer to him. Mm-hmm. So that you can guide people into a real relationship with Christ. Um, and so through all that, and I'm being brief, and I know we've got plenty of time to discuss today, but I now look at ministry through a completely different lens. I now look at people through a completely different lens. I'm not looking at them as if they show up on a Sunday morning and maybe they're in a t-shirt and blue jeans. Okay. Praise God you're here. Amen. And you might have some earrings or some piercings or some tattoos. Praise God you're here. Amen. And am I allowing carnality into my church? No. Nope. No, I'm not. I am working with people where they're at with Christ, guiding them to Jesus, Mm -hmm. not making them be a mature Christian as a babe in Christ. You're a hospital allowing sick people to come in to get to get healthy and well. Yes. Yeah. My preaching that. is still hot. Yeah. I'm passionate. And yeah. that's the way Mi- Missy loves to describe it. I'm passionate. Yes. And so I may get loud. I may get boisterous. I may jump up and down. I may slam my fist on that pulpit, but it's not out of anger. It's out of passion because I'm driving us to the realization Amen. that Jesus is worthy. Mm. And now I read the Bible differently. Hmm. And I will tell you on this journey, the greatest decision I ever made was to study the life of Christ chronologically. Hmm. Because God's word wants us, God wants us in order to give him glory. He is working to conform us to the image of his son, to be like Jesus. And I, God, through the spirit, I came to the realization Well, if I'm to be like Jesus, I better know who he was. And I wanted to journey with him. Amen. I wanted to see how did he handle people that disagreed with him? How did he handle disappointment? How did he handle persecution? What did he do? And through that journey, and I'm still on it, I'm preaching through it on Sunday nights as well as a church because I want our, our church to be on board with this. I see the whole world differently. I see passages of scripture differently. Um, or one of them was the, the passage of, in Matthew 18 on church discipline. Right. And if you're an independent fundamental Baptist, your preacher has preached that passage <laughs> of scripture. And it's just what it is. And we believe in church discipline. We, we believe in the church needs to be holy and sanctified and set apart. There are standards. But recently I was reading that passage of scripture And it dawned on me, and I'm going to say this is through the Spirit of God Mm -hmm. talking with me. Discipline was not the emphasis of that passage. That's right. Love is. Yeah. And so I haven't preached it yet, but I've titled the message, I've Got Your Back. Because as you start reading through it, and the context is king, it'll tell you more, but just for briefness, You've got a brother who sins against you, who trespasses against you. It, it's not some made-up thing. It's not some opinion that you have. It's not a conviction or a standard that you've put in your life based upon a biblical principle where Christian liberty can direct a little bit. Now, this is a valid sin that has happened, that they have done wrong to you, biblically wrong to you. Your reaction is to not be angry or frustrated, but you're to go to them. And Galatians 6 tells me I'm to go to them in the spirit of meekness, considering myself, lest I also be tempted. And so I go in love 
gentleness, meekness, strength under control, compassion. Because if we don't get this sin out of your life, mm-hmm. it's going to pull you from Christ. And your relationship's going to suffer. And when we walk down the paths of sin, it leads to death and destruction. And so I'm there to help you. I'm there to protect you because I've got your back and I'm not going to give up on this relationship. Hmm. Well, if you are a jerk and decide I don't want anything to do with you, you won't hear me. I'm to bring two or three more witnesses with me. Not so that that I'm bringing my my buddies, right, who have their their guns pointed at you. No, they're to hear the matter. Amen. They're to listen and find out. Oh no, yeah. You've, you know, this individual that's sinned, yeah, it's true. It's sin. It's an issue. And he's not listening. And even there, the context is there to he they're there to try to convince him too. Amen. Because the Bible says, if he will not hear them. Yes. Right. Why? Why are we doing this? Because we've got your back. Right. Because we don't want you to go down a destructive path. Let me say that also those two are to maybe say to you, hey, you've got a part in this. Because sometimes we don't see that, right? Very true. And so it's an opportunity for everybody to see clearly. You now have not just the the univision. Now you've got all three sides or four sides of the story, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And it's, it's powerful because we're working together in unity because... Because Satan wants to divide, Christ wants to unify. Mm-hmm. And, well, if the guy continues to be a jerk and to, to go down that path of sin, then we're to bring the matter before the church, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. But the church's goal is not discipline. Amen. The church's goal is compassion and Amen. love and mercy and grace, and let's get the sin out. And only if he won't hear the church. So now he's got 20, 30, 40, 50, however many people begging and pleading with him, turn to Christ, stop this. It's wrong. Here's the scripture. You know it because we've got your back. We're not going to leave a man behind. We're not going to kick him while he's down. While he's suffering, we're not going to pull the trigger to end his life. We're begging and pleading with him. And only if he won't listen, are we then to kick him out of the church. But even then, we're to treat him as a heathen. And a public in the word of God says, mm-hmm. I want you to take the time to study how did Jesus treat heathens and publicans? That's right. He had compassion on them. That's right. He ate with them. He pleaded with them to repent and come to Christ. I don't disown him. I don't have no contact with him. But I seek to bring him to Christ mm-hmm. because there's a good chance He doesn't know Jesus, and it was all fake because the reality is he might be an apostate. And even there in Jude, and we're going into a lot more doctrine, but we're to plead with them. Or or maybe he's angry. Or maybe he's angry. Hmm. Wow. Wow, wow. But It's amazing whenever you bring that up because uh, growing up in a preacher's home, being around preachers all my life, being a preacher— being around preachers for 41 years now, um, it's something that is not preached on a lot, mm-hmm. and it's something that I think many pastors have is anger, and we want to justify it. And, I mean, it, there's only one verse that I can find in the whole Bible, you know, be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon thy wrath. Every other verse 
you know, is is the idea of, no, don't do it. You know, Proverbs, how many times it says, you know, don't even be with an anger and a furious man. And and then another verse that says, you're going to learn his ways. And so, you know, it's sort of going back to you are responsible for yourself. And it was not the pastor's that caused you to do this, but that was a factor in your life. And your daughter is responsible for your for herself, but you feel like you're a factor in her life. And so as you're as you're dealing with that that anger, I think that's something that really a lot more pastors need to we almost justify it like, well, I'm under more spiritual pressure. Well then we need to run to the spirit of God, you know. Yes. I mean, God tells us in Ephesians 4, that same passage where be ye angry and sin not, but he says, put away all wrath and yes. anger and clamor and evil speaking with all malice. We're to put it away. We're to get rid of it. And be kind. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go back to the life of Jesus. There were times he was angry and immediately he resolved the anger with a righteous action. Amen. Mm-hmm. So how do I be angry and sin not and not let the sun go down upon my wrath? I immediately seek to solve the problem because anger is can be very good. Yes. It tells us there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, it may be bad because our emotions can direct us that way, but oftentimes it can be good. We can be angry at, at rape and abortion mm-hmm. and other problems. Sin, yeah. But I can allow that anger to stay within me and it becomes wrathful and bitterness and, mm-hmm. and destruction in my life. Or I can seek to solve it by telling the world of Jesus Christ and watching Jesus change them from the inside out and standing up against those things in a holy way. Here in Ohio, we've got issue one on yes. the ballot. It's yes. a definite no. Yes. Yes. We do not want that. That's correct. Regardless of what anyone else says, God's word is clear on the matter. Amen. And so we need to get out and vote no. But I need to tell people about that. Amen. But not just vote no, but why? Because there's That's a holy right. God who 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 says that all life matters. And if they don't understand that, we got to bring them to Jesus yeah. and show them that their life matters too in Christ. Let me say that sometimes when you have to confront people on a sin issue, here's what happens is they then get on the defensive and they start looking at your life and they start finding the the flaws or chinks or failures of your life and begin to draw a crowd of defense for themselves. And that's where that's a lot of times where that thing falls apart. You gotta stay focused. And you've got to really have that heart of love and desire of restoration or then you start to draw a crowd around you to to make yourself look good and that's where sometimes that breaks I, down i've right? never had that happen because they couldn't find anything oh the, the, the crowd just was empty they just dissipated and went away monday's tim talks five thousand <laughs> things about dan wolf that everyone should know yeah. our <laughs> Our heart must be that I value the relationship more than the offense. Because is not that what forgiveness Amen. is? Jesus loved us while we were yet sinners. That God sent his only begotten son, not when we were his friends, but when we were his enemies. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to value the relationship more than the offense. And if I do that, if you're becoming defensive because I'm trying to correct something, pull back. Did I do I have enough relationship with you to actually help you with this? Mm-hmm. 
If not, then that's on me because I've not developed that relationship. But also maybe it's time to just stop. Maybe I don't have to go down that road the whole way yet. And I also don't need to bring it up in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. Right. Amen. And and still love you through it. Right. And allow the Bible to to change you and convict you. And as preachers, I've seen this happen and, and even in my own life I've done it. Stupidity. You know what we do? We tell the deodorant story. We, we hear there's trouble in the church, and so to try and resolve it, we say, okay, here's an example of my preaching, and I'm really talking to you secretly, so know that I'm doing that and get right rather than just... I, we hate confrontation. I hate confrontation. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. But it's, it's mandatory. And God had that for a reason, because if I'm going to approach you, I've got to examine myself. Yes. And that's a hard thing, because then I realize, oh, man, I messed up. I, I said some things. Now I know why they're mad at me. I said some things. I've got to go. And most times the resolve is, hey, I'm sorry. I messed up. Yeah. And then it gives them an opportunity to say, well, wow, you're human and you're kind. And yeah. yeah. A soft answer turneth away wrath, yeah. but grievous words stir up anger. Absolutely. And I'm reminded even of Jesus and when he was confronted by the Pharisees and scribes with a woman caught in the very act of adultery, mm-hmm. he did not excuse her sin, but he also handled it very gently. Mm-hmm. He did not say, you're a wicked, vile woman. There, there's no issue. Hands down. She's caught in the very act. No one argued against it. Now, the guy's not there, so we know there's an ulterior mm-hmm. motive of the Pharisees, right. but it doesn't excuse the woman. And yet Jesus doesn't condemn, but he also doesn't just leave her where she was. He drives them either. to look at their sin first. Yes. If you're without sin, yep. go ahead and cast a stone, but they yes. couldn't do it, right? Correct. So we must come to the place where we look at our own sin, pull the beam out of our own eyes mm. before we focus on the moat in the other person's eyes. But it also doesn't excuse the beam in our own eyes. And see, there's the problem. Sometimes we do this either or. Mm-hmm. We, we go, oh, well, I can't correct you because I got a beam. No, pull the beam out so that you can correct. Mm-hmm. And let's live a holy life. And let's live a righteous life and let's point people to Jesus because we've got a personal, passionate relationship with him. And it's not about the rules. It's about the relationship, but every relationship has rules. Hmm. And so I go back to even my those pastors that were wrong. They were right, though, as well. They just focused on right. the wrong thing. Right. And what we focus on is what we become. If I focus on the relationship, the rules won't matter. Because I'm going to want to follow them. Right. Because I'm going to want to please him. I'm going to want to honor him. And I'm not going to want to hurt him or grieve the spirit of God. And so I'm going to want to do the things that please him. That's why Jesus could say that. Because he focused on the relationship mm-hmm. with God, the Father. Mm-hmm. And so I always do those things that please him. I, you know, I don't commit adultery on my wife. Not because God said thou shalt not commit adultery. Though I could argue that's a reason. Really, it's because I love her so much and mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt her mm-hmm. and I want to please her. And so I'll go on a date with her and I'll bring her flowers or I'll bring her candy or, or do something with her, I'll hold her hand, I'll kiss her, I'll say how beautiful she is or I'll, I'll encourage her because I want to keep the relationship passionate. Same with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to hold awesome. his hand everywhere I go. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah, Saul, when Saul got angry while he was humble, he cut a bullock in pieces uh, that that's no small feat and uh, but yet when he got angry after he was proud he tried to kill his son with a javelin so that big difference there yeah let's let's conclude with this my final thought 
So again, for those teenagers that are listening today, um, if you could, if you could have said to Joshua Lehman, 14, 15 years old, if you could now go back and say something to him that would have changed who he was at that time, what would you have said? First, and this would just be me, I'd listen before I'd speak. Mm-hmm. But then I would look at him and I would say, has Jesus wronged you? Though others have, has Jesus? And the answer obviously would be no. So focus on him. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about what other people are doing. Focus on him. Mm. Let me ask this too. I said one. No, nope. I got to. One no, no, I'm getting nope. one. Too. You're done. Nope. You're done. I'm editing 24 you minutes. Out. We're done. I'm editing you out. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife. I know people that have had some very difficult things happen, very similar to Melissa's story. What would she say to a young girl today who's been severely wronged in many facets of her life? What do you think she'd say today to those girls? Wow. She'd say it so much better than I would, and maybe slightly differently, but I would say, again, she would come along and hug them and love them and not even worry about it and show them love. Because oftentimes, those people that are down going down those roads have no idea what real, true, biblical, mm. godly love is. Right. And she would do the same thing. She'd point them to Jesus and she would show them Jesus because he is the answer. I know sometimes we joke about it, mm-hmm. you know, that Jesus is the answer to every question, yeah, and is. but he truly is. Amen. That they may not see God in love, but you can bring out truth to say, and yet God has brought you to this place through the pain, through the agony, through the difficulties of this life, he's brought you to the place where you're recognizing you need Jesus. Because without him, there is no fix. Mm -hmm. We love because he first loved us. We understand true biblical love because his word says so. Yes. And, And what it means. And so no matter what other words would come out, it would have to be bringing them to Jesus and showing them, moving them closer to Jesus. And that may take time mm-hmm. to work through that baggage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just move them closer to Jesus every day, planting seeds, watering those seeds to reap a harvest one day. Awesome. I'm Al Stone. This has been a great week. Amen. Wow. Amen. Uh, we had touched on this a little bit before we started at the beginning of the week. but um, And I knew this would be good. I think it's going to help a lot of people. I really do. I think it's going to help a lot of pastors if, if they'll heed what they've heard today. And uh, I want to thank you. Thank you for your honesty, your openness. Thank you for allowing the Lord to work in your life in a very special way. And I, I think that there could be a great book here for some folks. I think there could be some other future podcasts that could be some great help for folks here. So thank you for that. I, oh, Brother Wolf. Brother what a miss. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, everything. I'm not, not you an offer everything. a lot. What, you what everything. happened? You, okay, so. As usual. All right, so uh, you're saved and you're a uh, teenager. <laughs> what what I miss? <laughs> Whew. Go smoke another cigarette. <laughs>
I'm Al Stone. This is Dan Wolven in Mount Vernon. Please make sure you give us a rating, review, and uh, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. And this is Joshua Lehman. If you need anything, reach out to me. Google Mount Vernon Baptist Temple in Howard, Ohio. We'll go into name reasoning later, but yes. and give me a call. Whether you're a teenager, whether you're a pastor, uh, if you're a lady listening and you need advice, I'll get you my wife's contact information because we're here to move people closer to Jesus, moving everyone every day closer to Jesus. Can and you, if you need $30,000, just yep. give him a call. If you can call. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> give him your email address. Give him your email. Absolutely. Yep. It's Pastor Layman, L-E-H-M-A-N, at mvbt.org. Pastor Layman at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple, just mvbt.org. Awesome. This is Tim Talks. It's been a great week. And uh, I hope your weekend will be different because of what you've heard this week. God bless oh, you. I, I did my uh, my email updated. It's shutupal at dot ca. Yeah, you don't know what mine is. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> you struggle with anger. That's your problem. You, you got frustration. No, anger. it's not anger. It's bitterness. <laughs> it is it's bitterness. Way past that. Jealousy. <laughs> this is Tim Talks. We're back on track. We'll be here on Monday. Have a great weekend. Hey. <laughs> you loser. <laughs> You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.